1: The Spirit, that's the part of you that relates to God. You see, when God created Adam, He created him body, soul, and then He did this. And He breathed in him, and man became a, a being, a spirit being. See, the spirit part of you will live somewhere forever. So the real you and me is not my body, it's my spirit. That's the part that will live somewhere.
0: You may not believe it because you can't see it, but there is an unseen enemy in our world that is far deadlier than any gun or bomb that mankind has seen. Our battling an unseen enemy goes back to the beginning of time, when Adam and Eve first sinned and were cast out of the garden. It's a war between light and darkness, good and evil, heaven and hell, Jesus and Satan. Jesus' death and resurrection affords us the armor that we need to defeat our enemy. Jesus himself is that full armor in our defense against the devil. Within our own fleshly strength, we are no match for him. Now let's join Pastor Mark in the book of Colossians chapter 1 verse 16. As he begins our message entitled, The Real Invisible World.
1: When the iPad first came out, I took it outside one day and wanted to show a neighbor kind of what I got. So I took it out and I said, look at this page, you can get the news because I was close enough at home to have the internet. And I showed it to him and he says, well, what am I supposed to look at basically? The screen was blank. I went, oh, i just wait a minute. Don't tell me this stupid thing's broken already. So I, I started it all up again. I said, okay, now here, look. He said, it, nothing changed. It's black. It's date. And I said to him, and what did I notice after that? I'm, I'm trying to figure out what's happening. I had my sunglasses on. They were the kind that gets rid of light. When I took the sunglasses off, it was perfectly fine. It wasn't wrong. It wasn't wrong at all. It was my crazy sunglasses that had blocked the light. You see, it was visible all the time. I just never saw it. That's what we're going to talk about today. Look at this verse in Colossians 1.16. For by him, all things were created, things in heaven and on the earth. Say it with me. Visible and visible invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him, God, and for him. So that verse reminds us that indeed we are living in two worlds, the visible and the invisible. Now some people, skeptics, don't believe in the invisible world. And yet, realistically, it's around us all the time. Maybe you're one of those people that simply doesn't believe that's there. I have a little something to show you. In a moment, I'm going to drop this ball. You just saw the invisible world. Is the Pastor Mark, I didn't say anything. It's called the law of gravity. Well, I really don't believe in it. Let me take you to the Empire State Building. <laughs> I will ask you to take one small step for man. And see if you now believe. You see, we're kind of crazy people. The invis- electricity, it's there. Hello, thank you. And so there is a real world that is, to us, in the natural, invisible. But it's just as real as my finger is this morning. Now, sometimes we have to go back kind of the beginning. When you were created by God, every person, you were created a three-part being, triune being. You have a body and a soul and a spirit. Now, this is different than animals and so forth. Animals don't have spirits and all those kind of things. That's why cats would never be in heaven even if they had one, but uh, dogs would be there, but they don't have one. So just relax. Okay, here we go. So we have a body. What is that body? You're looking at it. You're looking at your body. You have a body. You know what a body is. The five senses. That's how we kind of look at life. And and these motor kind of responses, how we walk and think, move our hands and so forth. Then you have a soul, a mind, a will. And here's these emotion things. When I mentioned cats don't go to heaven, some of you got emotional on me, okay? And the last thing is this. The spirit, that's the part of you that relates to God. You see, when God created Adam, he created him body, soul, and then he did this. (sighs) And he breathed in him, and man became a a being, a spirit being. See, the spirit part of you will live somewhere forever. So the real you and me is not my body, it's my spirit. That's the part that will live somewhere. Now, in this world that we live, of course there is a physical part to it with our body. And we operate by these five senses normally. Sight, hearing, taste, touch, and smell. The other night, my wife and I, we were walking around the block, and uh, somebody was out in the backyard, obviously, grilling. My wife says, I smell grease. How many of you like grease, you know, barbecue grease, How many of you like barbecue there it is, yeah, you know what the smell was, it wasn 't grease, it was like hamburger, mm, or barbecue ministry, our burnt team, they love that kind of stuff, so that immediately you know the mouth waters, the body kind of gets into it, the spirit's going, you know whatever doesn 't really care, so that 's kind of the way you and I live, but we also live in a spiritual world. Now you mean maybe an unbeliever. It doesn't matter, it's still real. That spiritual doesn't operate by those five senses. It operates by faith. Faith, the evidence of things not seen. So, to be honest, most of us focus on the visible world. Of course, that's where we live. And things we can touch and see, and all those kind of things, those emotions—that's here. But the invisible world that I want to introduce you to today is just as real as that real kind of physical world that we know is real. But the invisible world is just as real. Now, Paul kinds of he puts it all together very simply in Second Corinthians. You can write it down, look it up later. But watch what Paul says. He says this. He's talking about life. That's why we don't give up, though our bodies are dying. Our bodies are dying. Our spirits, our bodies, that that which we can see, our spirits are being renewed. He's talking about Christians every day. We're getting to become more like Christ. Then he goes on. For our present troubles in this world, well, they're small and they won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that outweighs vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So he says this, the kind of stuff we see in life, we have to go through it. Uh, they may be difficult, but they're small compared to eternity. Because basically what he's saying, notice the first part of this, our bodies are dying. The minute we're born, we begin to die. We kind of have a time step on all of us. 70 years maybe, a few more years after that, many people before that, that's just what happened because of sin. And so he goes on and he says, since eternity is really important, he says, you got to think differently. You can't live focused only on here. Watch what he says. So we fix our gaze, our priority, our, our perspective on things that, whoa, cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone. Everybody just raise your hand like this and wave goodbye to your neighbor right now. Say bye. <laughs> You're out of here. You're out. By the way, you say, that was good. Hey, they just waved at you. You're out of here too. See, notice, the things that we see now will soon be gone. We'll be gone. But read this with me. The things we cannot see will last how long? See, we're introduced to the invisible spirit world. Not the weird world. It's very real. So what Paul says is, we are living in two worlds, visible and invisible. In the visible world, it's temporary. It's physical. We're all moving to death. Nobody different in any of the campuses I'm speaking to. Nobody different. But in verse 18, he says, no, 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 change your focus. Of course we have to live in the world. We have to have jobs, raise kids, do all those kind of things. But make your focus on spiritual invisible worlds because we're going to live somewhere forever. And you better make sure you understand that principle. We're going to take those, kind of like I said at the beginning, I'm going to take my polarized sunglasses off so I can see the real world. I'm going to ask you that God will take our eyes for a while off the stuff we see and we can begin to understand the real spiritual supernatural world. We're going to talk about Satan, how he got here what he does. Then we're going to talk about demons the week after. How in the world... Pastor Mike, like demons? Come on now. No, no, real demons. Then we're going to talk about God and angels, spiritual warfare, how to, how to win the battle for our mind, because that's where all this battle takes place. And we'll end the series, what hell is like, and if it's really real, and what heaven's like will be the ending of our series. Now... As you watch TV, as we go to the movies, we see all kinds of things that culture puts in. And, you know, well, Hollywood really likes the supernatural, but they never give us a biblical picture of it. It's always, like, weird. It's always crazy stuff. You know, The Exorcist and all these kind of things. They take things that are real and they kind of play with them. If you watched the movie Noah, I hope you didn't, uh, it was as unbiblical as it gets. And yet people that don't know the world go, wow, Noah was a real creep. No, Noah was a man who found faith in God. So Hollywood takes that which was real and puts it the way they want it to be. So I'm, by the way, just recently, and and don't email me about this, please. Okay, Uh, we have a five-year-old telling us what heaven's like. You saw the movie, some of you. Paul, the most prolific writer in the New Testament, he goes to heaven and he comes back and he says this, I can't put any of it into words, but we have a five-year-old giving us an hour and a half movie how to do it. So what am I saying? How are we going? We're not going to look at devils and demons and angels from Hollywood. We're going to look at it through the word of God. So this is the only truth. So write this down this morning. If you're new to Christianity, or maybe you're just investigating it, glad to have you here. But we live by revelation... We don't speculate what it's going to be I'm not going to, in the last week, say, I'm going to speculate what heaven's about. I'm going to tell you what we know about heaven. By the way, what Paul was saying is, until you get there, if I told you what it was like, you couldn't understand it. So it's going to be way better than we can ever imagine. Hell, way worse than we can ever imagine. So we don't live by speculation. So as we go through this series, you're going to have to have your Bibles with you. It's going to be a great time. Now, turn in the Bible, if you will, to 2 Kings... 2 Kings, you'll see where that is in a moment. Chapter 6, we'll begin in verse 8. 2 Kings, Old Testament. Let me give you a little quick summary when you get there. All of our campuses, good? Good to hear the Bible's turning? Great job. Now, what you're going to see this morning, there is Israel. Israel, uh, just so you know, is about the size of New Jersey. About the size of New Jersey. And here at the other side... Pass the Sea of Galilee up to the right, you hear Aram. That's the country today called Syria. So here's a picture. What's happening is Syria is always battling, uh, among other nations, Israel. So they come into Israel, they raid the country. We'll, we'll read about Dothan and Samaria as we go through. They, they would come as an enemy and they're always raiding Israel. Now we're going to follow this all the way through. But, but I want to give you a perspective so you'll understand this morning. Because sometimes we don't get what the world's about. And you'll hear more about this next week. Now take a look at that little nation Israel. How did nation Israel get started? Well, God chose Abraham to start the nation of Israel. It was his people. They were supposed to be salt and light for all the pagan world. The minute that happened, Satan hated Israel, Because it wasn't only that they were going to give truth of the one true God, but through that little nation would come the Savior of the world. So Satan, right from the beginning, tried to destroy that all the way until Jesus went to the cross. So here's what you need to understand this morning. As we look at ISIS, as we look at all the crazy stuff happening in the world, it isn't really just about The nations around uh, the world near there. It's all on this. If you want to know what end times is about, when the world is going to end, it's about one thing. The nation of Israel, the city of Jerusalem, and the Temple Mount. See, in the Temple Mount right now, there's a Muslim mosque. God, we don't know how it's going to happen, another whole teaching, but God's going to allow the Antichrist to build a Jewish temple right there. And that's where the end of the world comes. Now, all that has to take place and it's lining up. So it isn't about us. By the way, ISIS does have a plan. Evil does have a plan. They want to make a caliphate out of the United States. They want everybody to come under uh, Sharia law. Why? Because it's not run by ISIS. Who is ISIS run by? Satan. Satan himself. You say, well, Pastor Mark, are you kidding? No, I'm not kidding. What is Satan's one goal? You'll learn it next week. To steal, to kill, and destroy. Case closed. This is not about God, but it's about Israel. But we're involved with it because we've blessed Israel all these years. So we're going to see a battle this morning that's physical. It's still physical today. Heads chopped off, all those kind of things. Now watch what happens in our story. True story. Verse 8. Now the king of Syria was at war with Israel, just what I showed you thousands of years ago. And after conferring with his officers, he said, I will set up my camp in such and such a place. So here we move inside the tent of the king. He's meeting with his strategic officers, and they're coming up with a plan for another raid into Israel. And he says, here's where we're going to go. We're going to camp on this area. We're going to surprise them. We'll be able to defeat them a little bit and do this and that and the other and and take crops back and do all those kind of things. We want to strike them unexpectedly. Now look at verse 9. And the man of God. Now just look at me for the moment. The man of God is Elisha, a prophet of God. Really, the king of Israel wasn't too godly, but Elisha was very godly. So watch what happens. Elisha, the man of God, sent word to the king of Israel. Beware of passing that place. And he would give the details of exactly where Syria and the enemy army would be. He said, beware of passing that place because the Arameans, the the Syrians, are going down there. So the king of Israel checked on that place, indicated by... Elisha, the man of God. And time and time again, so it wasn't once, over and over again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on guard in such places. So what's happening? Look at me. Here's the plan. We're going down to this area, and we're going to do a surprise attack on Israel. And somehow, before they could attack, Elisha the prophet would hear from God. We'll talk about that in a moment. He would spend the word and send the word to the king of Israel. Don't go to that area. Don't, it's dangerous. They're going to be waiting for you. Don't go to that area. Stay wise. They're mobilizing the troop. Every single time that the enemy arrived, Syria, there was nobody to fight. Now watch what happens. It's 007 time. It's incredible. It's good stuff. Watch it. Verse 11. This enraged the king of Syria. And he summoned his officers and demanded of them, Will you not tell me which of us is on the side of the king of Israel? What is he thinking? He says, There's a spy in Syria. There's somebody in Syria. There's a 007. There's a traitor. And every time he hears the plans, he goes to the enemy and he squeals on us and he gives the plan. So he says to his men, Look out among... Find this traitor. Because it's destroying our warfare. Now, they go and look at the response in verse 12. The answer was... None of us, my lord the king, said one of his officers. There's no spies. We're all for you. We're all for Syria. It's not from within the camp. Then he says this... But Elisha, the prophet of Israel, who is in Israel tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in the most private place we could have in your bedroom. Now that's another old sermon in your bedroom. as a married sermon, but I'm not going there today. Okay. So what does the officer say? The officer says to his king, there's no inside leak. There's no spy. There's no 007. But there is a prophet in Israel named Elisha, who somehow knows of our plans and keeps Israel's king informed and 100% safe. So what are you seeing there? You're seeing the physical world, plans made, we're moving to this place. They get there, and somehow God has taken the plan to Elisha, and then he physically gets it to the king. Well, how does that work? You're seeing the physical world and the spiritual world. How did Elisha know every time exactly what the king, the enemy king, had planned? Did he have the king's bedroom bugged? Did he have a hidden camera there? Did he have a guy with an iPad going, here's where they're on Instagram. Here's the picture. No, they didn't have any of this kind of stuff. There was no way to do any of that. There's no spy. Elisha's not in the camp. He's far away. So what happened? God supernaturally informed Elisha every time, every time of the plans and the places. And then Elisha tells the king so that the lives could be saved. See, this was a revelation from God in heaven to Elisha on earth. And it's an example to us of the real invisible world. I don't know whether God spoke it to Elijah directly. Or to his spirit. But I want you to write this down this morning. This is important to you. You just see the physical and the the visible world. And you've just read about the invisible world. Understand that God is all-knowing. Nothing is hidden from him. You remember, he says, the enemy, one of the enemy soldiers said, I mean, in your bedroom, king, where you're making these private plans, nobody can hear them. It's impossible. We don't have a spy. That's not a problem for God. Can I say to you this morning, if you're here and you're not really a Christian, but your spouse thinks you are and your friends think you are, you think you're getting away with it, you're not getting away with anything. There's nothing hidden from an all-knowing God. Now see, the enemy didn't understand that. But we need to understand that. So there is an invisible world that's just as real as the visible world. Now, the Bible says... Laughter is a good medicine, is a good medicine. So I want you to turn to your neighbor, and I don't want you to give him one of these, ha, ha, ha. I want you to give me an old belly laugh, and ah, terrific, praise God. And those of you that are just turning in, no, we're not crazy, we're just having fun together. Now, I want you to do that for this. By the way, you feel better already, don't you? Praise God. Some of you haven't laughed for a long time, maybe you need to do it again, I mean
0: a journey into the unknown today on Lessons for Living. Pastor Mark took us on a journey into the unseen world today. This is the very world that we need to be aware of. We were created with three parts, body, the soul, and the spirit. As Christ followers, we need to be aware of the battle that goes on for the souls of men in the spiritual world. All of us will live somewhere forever, and our eyes should be fixed on the unseen things.
2: Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next
0: time on Lessons for Living, we continue on our journey into the unseen spiritual world. We never know when we get a bad medical report or a bad situation happens. But God knows because He is all-knowing. He knows it and has a solution for the problem. As Christ followers, we can put our trust in Him who sees and knows everything. Our side is small, but that's where our faith steps in and is put into action. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through our series entitled Living in Two Worlds, Visible and Invisible. That's next time on Lessons for Living.
1: Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living.